All right, cool. Welcome to Romero Records Podcast. Today we have on... Uh, David Yancey III. How's it going, man? I'm doing well. Good, good. Okay. So David was asking me, why did I bring him on? And <laughs> I was like, let me just talk about that all on the podcast. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, I saw your art and it looked amazing. And so I'm not from here at all. I'm actually from Oneonta, Alabama. Okay. And I moved here April of last year. And when I started to do the podcast, I was like... I really just want to have on, you know, people from the Memphis area, you know, or however far that goes out. Right. But um, bringing them on, I wanted them to be able to just talk about what they do and like their art and whatever it is. So I've had on like, I've had on a photographer, I have on uh, musicians, I, I had on, um, God, what is her last name? I can't think. Her name is Sam, but uh, she does art and she sells art and stuff like that. So. I have on just, you know, a broad range of people, but it's good to bring them on so that people will now be aware of what they do. So if you are in the Memphis area and you need some art, then boom, they have <laughs> they, they have a reference of somebody. And plus they get to know you and all that kind of stuff. So, right. um, but yeah, I saw, I saw the one where you had, um, you did the mask, the person with the mask on. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I saw that the news station that picked you up and I was like, Geez, that's crazy. <laughs> so how was how was that experience? Um, you know, that was a good experience. Uh, I originally started off as uh, me just being able to express myself. Um, you know, I'm a muralist. I'm a painter, uh, graphic designer. <clears throat> so, um, you know, just expressing myself through art is, like, really important to me. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know... Right when that pandemic, the COVID-19 hit, uh, I noticed that a lot of people weren't re really wearing, like, masks or taking that caution to, like, you know, protect themselves, especially in, like, high-populated areas and things like that. And uh, there was also that notion that, like, black people couldn't get it. Mm, yeah, I remember that. That was yeah, wild. There was that. Uh, that was very sketchy, rumor. too. <laughs> and the thing about it is if you, if you tell somebody, well... You know, you're immune to it. Don't worry about it. You know, it's uh, the first that reaction. lack of information is yeah. like, okay, well, I'm, all right, I'm immune to it. You know, yeah. everybody wants to be immune to something. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, that's what was going on. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I just took that creative juices and I was just like, you know, I'm going to go ahead and do this mural. Uh, just to make it aware that like how important I'm wearing a mask is right mm. now, you know. So I put it up. I did it back in March. Uh, it's on Lamar. It's, Lamar is a main road going through Memphis. Like you're going downtown, or you coming back up towards Airways, and it's it's a fairly big mural. It's like it took about eight hours. Uh, just uh, one ladder, a bunch of spray paint, you know, and uh. I guess about two months later, uh, the Daily Memphian reached out to me, which mm -hmm. is a newspaper and an online paper. And then the next day, uh, Channel 13 Fox News reached out to me. Wow. Yeah. And they did a, 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 it was on the news and they did an interview. So, you know, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So have, has that ever happened to you before? Um. I have been in the news before, like um, I had did a Martin Luther King piece, and you know that picture 
got in the news and my name was in the news for that artwork. So, you know, it's just a blessing. It's yeah. just a blessing. Yeah. yeah. Does that help you, like, as far as your, your business and everything? It does. Um, see, I'm, um, I'm 37 years old and, like, you know, I've been doing art for a while. And I think art is, like, kind of, like, goes in, like, waves and momentums. Mm. You know, it picks up and then, like, okay, it kind of dies down. Picks up, kind of dies down. So, um, you know, I, I, I do pick up certain commissions. Uh, every now and then I do get, like, um, opportunities to do paid murals, pay walls. But even if I'm not doing that, I'm still doing art. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, what I've come to realize is more important to me. Like, I I do get side jobs and I do get paid to do my artwork, but at the end of the day, I'm constantly creating things, and like, I'm pushing myself to sell those things, you know. And that's what I see as an artist that is important. Like, um, if you're waiting for someone to come approach you to do pieces or approach you to buy your pieces. I just don't have that happening to me, and I don't. I know a lot of artists don't have that happening to them because you know, most artists are kind of um, like hermits in a way, or like you know, just kind of antisocial, and they don't get out. They don't know how to promote themselves, and it's just that way. You know, Instagram is a good thing because like you put your art out there and people can see it, but uh, you got to have a lot of art, you know, mm. you know, and uh, you got to be able to produce. So that's what I'm pretty much doing most of the time. I'm just making art, putting it out there, and uh, most of the time just getting ideas out of my head as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's exactly what you were talking about. Like, a lot of artists tend to, you know, they might, I'm not going to say most of them, but they can be, like, more introverts. Yeah. And so that's that's a way of them expressing themselves is through their art so you can see what's going on in their head without them having to tell you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that is their way. Yeah. I mean, I, I love, I love the, the beauty of just being like just the word artist in general. So like you've got musicians and then you have people who draw or do graphic design, you know, whatever your quote unquote art is, that's just, you know, your way of expressing yourself that, you know, most people, it's hard for them to, I guess, articulate the words to mm-hmm. explain that. I guess, um, lyricists are the yeah. best quote unquote because that's what they use as their words mm-hmm. but it's 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 a great thing to to have stuff like instagram and facebook social media yeah. to to display their work because i mean I, I wouldn't have found you to have on the podcast if it wasn't for instagram right. and you know who knows how many people have probably either not seen your mural but saw it on instagram or right. something like that exactly so, how do you get the um the spots correct. So, <laughs> so I mean, I, I'm assuming you're not just finding a random wall and then just like starting on it. No, you- no. Uh, I used to do a lot of illegal walls starting off, but uh, nowadays I normally just approach the owner mm. and uh, I have a portfolio and I just approach them. And like I say, most of the time, I'm not even going to lie. Like a lot of my murals I have done for free. Wow. Because I just, I like to paint on walls. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's there, you know. It's not I like, like to paint away. on walls, and I like to work big. Yeah. Like, uh, when I paint, I normally try to find the biggest canvas I can to paint on at the house, you know. Like, I don't like to paint small. I can, 
but I like to paint on a, a larger surface. So when it comes to finding walls, you know, um, I talk to the owner. I say, well, there's a budget, but if you can't work with that budget, you know, as long as you allow me to do what I want to do and my idea and have freedom to do whatever I want, I'll do it for free, mm. you know. And that's just something that I'm okay with. Some artists won't do nothing for free, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and that's okay with me. Like, I donate pieces and I do uh, charity funds with my artwork and, you know. I, I feel like, you know... If I'm just constantly just keeping all my artwork and I'm like, no, like, that's for sale. I'm going to sell that for $1,000. I'm not letting it go unless I get $1,000 for that. Mm -hmm. That's going to collect dust. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I'm going to be bitter and I'm going to be, uh, you know, just not the, I don't think that's for me as a good artist, you know, like uh, I'm willing to like work with somebody. If someone really likes a piece, I'll be like, yo, what are you willing to uh, offer for that piece, you know, mm, okay. and I work with you on that, you know. Yeah, and uh, that's just who I am, you know. Everybody's different. Everybody has their own scale for their artwork. Everybody has their own limits and their boundaries, and that's all right, you know. I, I think it's it's a great thing to be able to be flexible like that. I mean, even though I mean your your work is definitely getting out there, you know, people are are seeing it, but. Um, to be able to just be flexible with people and their and we, you know what they can do that's that's going to be that's going to work out for you I think definitely in the long run and I think sometimes when people have like their hard hard um what am I trying to say just like their how much they charge their for rates. stuff yeah, yeah. the rates that's the word um, it sometimes can be a negative sometimes it's a positive yeah. because then people already know uh, <laughs> I was actually talking about that with um, SS Productions. I had mm -hmm. him on, and we were talking about um, if somebody wants, you know, oh man, my video, I want all these explosions. <laughs> like, then you have to, you know, change yeah. change it up, you know. So then you have to ask, you know, what's your budget and stuff like that, because you've got to add some stuff. But uh, bottom line, you know, you have what you think you're worth, and mm -hmm. then how you can change from there. I actually had that conversation with my wife because she does personal training, mm -hmm. and I was like, yeah, you want to be feasible to people but at the same time like you have a certain price oh yeah <laughs> you exactly. like you know what you're worth right so do your work for what you're worth right do you feel like it's um your your worth is changing over time do you think it's getting higher or do you just you know uh i would say that my skills and my um my craft at doing art is getting better, mm -hmm. and that allows me to, you know, price things a little bit higher. But in the long run, like, and I'll say this again, it's like, you know, I was that kid that, like, you know, I would go into, like, an art store, and I'll see something, and I was like, man, that's so dope. But I can't, I can't have it, mm -hmm. you know. And that's like, it's like you have an itch, but you can't scratch it, you know. Yeah. And um, I don't want to be that person. Like I, I, I don't know. Like the, the certain crowds that I hang around with, 
they don't have a lot of money. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But they respect my art and they want, they see a piece and I, they can see it in their room. You know what I mean? Or they could, someone might see it in their house and, you know, and if it's set so high that they can't get it, then it's just like, you know, what's the purpose mm. of it? You know, what's the purpose of me creating that? You know, and it's just like somebody's like perfect piece that they always wanted in their head. You know, is this how it works sometimes? You know, have you ever seen anything like that? Like, yeah, uh, some yeah. artwork. And you're like, man, that would look so good in my living room. That price. Yeah. It's, I know what that feeling is, and uh, a lot of people have gone through that, you know. And uh, I don't want to be that artist. Uh, I do tattoos. I'm a tattoo artist as oh, well. Wow. I'm a licensed tattoo artist, and uh, I'm the same way with my tattoos. Uh, you know, someone comes to me and they want something done, and one tattoo artist uh, says, "Well, I'll do that for four hundred dollars," and it's just like a little butterfly, <laughs> 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 you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, you leave that tattoo shop like, man, yeah, I'm not ever gonna be able to get this <laughs> butterfly that I want. It's just a little one, yeah. Like, do I drop four hundred dollars? What about my rent? What about food? You know, like, yeah. you know, like the reality is like, okay, you want something, but like, are you willing to like sacrifice the daily needs to get that? And I think. Most people aren't in that luxury state to be able to buy big pieces or be able to spend expensive things because I'm not like that, you know. Um, so, like, I do the same thing with my tattoos. Like, if someone wants a butterfly, I'll, I'll price them for something reasonable, like, you know, 40, 50 bucks. You know, it's not going to take hours out of my day. It'll just take, like, 30 minutes to, you know lay down a butterfly mm -hmm. that's not four hundred dollars worth of time <laughs> yeah. you get what i mean but it just is what it is uh i am not just an artist i uh i am i'm a pipe fitter i work for the union nice. i do welding um i do construction uh, i've been working through this pandemic every day uh essential worker you know so uh i have a nine to five that allows me to uh kind of sponsor myself with my art, with buying paint, with doing the things that I need to do. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, uh, your I definitely other jobs invest in are, myself. Your other jobs are funding your, yeah. your work. That's exactly, good. yeah. Do you, um, gosh, I was going to ask you, do you have like a set, um, a set amount of work that you like try to get done or do you just do it as it, as the inspiration comes? So both. Okay. Both. So, um, like, you were talking about, like, do you feel like my wealth is going up? I I would say yes, but then I, there is actually, and it's been going on for the last two or three years where it's like there's a constant amount of commissions, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, so, weekly, I'm trying my best to finish all these commissions, Um and I, I've gotten to the point where I have to say no sometimes because it's just like, okay, uh, am I capable of doing that in a, a decent amount of time? You know, I'm not going to keep these people waiting months and months. Or or if I feel like it's just not something that really just interests me, you know, because that, that shows in my artwork is like, 
if if it's something that like you know doesn't interest me and I feel like it's like okay um really just a waste of my time like it's not it's not gonna turn out good like I'm pushing other projects that I really feel passionate about and it's not something that I'm really passionate about it's gonna show in the artwork and it's gonna look like probably crap it might look all right but it's I know that it's not gonna look good to you yeah. yeah. And I'm not going to put that out. So I had to I had to get to the point where it's like, you know, I have to say no to some projects. And I feel like, you know, some artists aren't able to say no. Or some people aren't able to say no to certain projects, you know. And that goes for anybody. You don't have to be an artist. You can be like a musician or a business person. Not being able to say no to some business ideas. And then you're wasting your time, years... On this business plan that goes nowhere, and you knew it at the very beginning. I was like, oh, I should have never got into that. Yeah. I should have followed my first mind and was like, yo, that wasn't going to be a good idea. <laughs> you know, because our conscious, our subconscious lets us know, you know, that's a good idea. Or that's a bad idea. Yeah. You know, subconsciously, like, and that could be God or whatever. But it's like letting us know at that time. It's like, okay, go for it. I don't go for it. You know? Yeah. I'm I'm a type of person where I I usually just go for things because mm-hmm. I feel like everything's an opportunity. Oh yeah, whether, whether it's a bad opportunity or a good opportunity, it's an opportunity. Right. So I I usually try to take as many shots as I can because it's you know you never know. Like if you when you did the mural that you know that got on the news, like at first you might have been like ah, I don't know, and then if you you know that's yeah. a shot that you just decided to take and you know it it's propelled your career. And exactly, like, uh, that was one of those things where it's like, my conscience was like, do it, you know, like, don't pass up this opportunity. Like, I only have, uh, I work four days a week, and uh, Fridays is really my day off, and then, like, the tattoos start piling up on, like, Saturdays and things like that. So, like, I only had that one day to do it. Mm. And, like, and if I feel like I wake up Friday and I'm tired, and I, you know, like, oh, I just want to chill out today, mm-hmm. you know. That opportunity would have never presented itself, you know, and I and I took advantage of that. And I'm not saying like you know, don't turn down the blessing. Like definitely analyze it. But um, at this point in my life, like I, I am able to say no to some projects because it just it doesn't feel sit right with me, mm-hmm. you know. Is there anything that you feel like is something that you haven't done yet as far as your art and that you? You know, you want to you want to do it. I mean, with all the like the the protesting and stuff like that. Have you done like a, a protest mural or anything like that? Yeah. So some people talk to me about, you know, like you should do a mural. And um, I really haven't uh, decided it what I wanted to do, because like I want all of my pieces are about being positive and putting out good energy mm-hmm. you know when you see them it's like good energy you could take it anybody could misconstrue any uh you know piece of art or any idea to be negative but my main point my main goal is to be like okay when you see that it makes you feel good it gives you hope it gives you you know some type of aspiration to achieve greater you know so dealing with that george floyd incident and the rioting and the you know the issues that like we're dealing with the injustice, a racial injustice in our, in our, uh, in in our country. I'm definitely you know preparing something, and I just have to talk to the right 
uh, business owner or the, the right property about presenting a mural, you know, could that all that has to be in play. You know, I can't just go out there and just scribble Black Lives Matter <laughs> on something, you yeah. know, because, uh, of course, I have to look at my livelihood and, you know, and then I got to look at, OK, am I putting out the right vibes, you know? So uh, with all that being said, I went ahead and I created these T-shirts and it says, can I breathe? And um, it's a lot of metaphors in it. But in the end, it's just like, you know, can I live? Can I be a, an African-American male or African-American in America and not have to worry about getting killed by the police? You know, like this, uh, the injustice in our country is just so severe. It's, it's just wild, you know, and how a police officer can kill somebody and not be instantly detained that moment, you know, That's it has wild. to be negotiated. And then we got, we got to look at this case and see what did George Floyd do? The man died, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, if it would have been me or you, we would have been instantly locked up, Yeah. you know? And if I would have been sitting there bystanding, looking out for you while you murdering this man, I would have been arrested too, mm-hmm. you know? So like, it, it's, it's, it's obvious. The world sees it, you know? There's been uh, riots and protests in all 50 states. And they're, they're protesting it in other countries. So uh, I wanted to do something artistically. So I created these shirts and uh, the proceeds are going to Black Life Matters. So I have made a donation uh, right now of $300 from shirts that have been sold. I'm probably going to make it. Not probably. I am making another donation tonight once we... Uh, See how many sales we have done. And uh, we're going to do another donation tonight as well. And that's just like, okay, let me see what I can do to give back. You know, how can I help? You know, that's, I really like the, the artwork of the shirt. Because, I mean, you just got like a plain black shirt. And then you have it like it's spray, like it's spray painted. Yeah. And like it's like graffiti It's my style. handwriting. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> it's not just like perfect print, you know, like yeah. aerial black or, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's your actual handwriting and that's awesome i I hope people pick that up Mm -hmm. in in the shirt it's like this is personal like i'm not i didn't just create this shirt so that people can just see it like i I created the shirt so you can feel the same emotion that i feel like i drew this because i want to know you know can i breathe can i live i don't have you ever heard um J. Cole has a song called, I think it might be called Can I Live or something yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I think about when I see that shirt. <laughs> That's right, yeah. I didn't yeah. Even, yeah, you're right. He does have a track like Can I Live, yeah. yeah. And that's just, that's just how I felt. And then you look at it, and another metaphor is like, you know, it feels like the country's always had his neck, his, his knee on our neck. Yeah, yeah. In some way, you know, been re we've been like held down mm-hmm. and me as a black man i feel like you know that's there but i'm gonna push past through it mm-hmm. like i'm gonna work hard you know what i mean i'm gonna do everything i need to be a good human being and i'm gonna look past it but yeah. it's always there you know and i feel that with 
this incident and George Floyd passing and the protests, I think things can get better. And it, it's just sad that he had to die for that to happen. But, you know, in all incidents, there's always a martyr that makes things better. Yeah. Someone has to die. And it sucks that that has to be like that. Yeah. You know, with like Martin Luther King or Malcolm X or past people that have pushed, you know. So. Yeah, I was talking to my wife. She she doesn't understand the phrase, uh, keep that same energy. Yeah. <laughs> so I was explaining it to her, and I was like, I really hope people keep, keep that, that same thing. energy yeah. throughout this whole, like, for the rest of their lives, really. Mm-hmm. Because I have a friend, uh, Jake, he uh, posted about, you know, Candace Owens is. No, I do not. I, I think, think I've heard of her. I, I don't know if she's a political figure or what, but she posted something about um, the George Floyd stuff. And it was one of those, like, I think she's one of those figures of like she's a black person, but it seems that people tend to like label her as like a type of person who tends to, I guess, go against like traditional black, like what a black person should think or whatever. Uh-huh. But um, she had posted about the George Floyd thing, was talking about the protests, and I don't know if she was like just anti it. I forgot the video, but. Um, I commented on my friend's post and I was and I was telling him I was like um it I definitely believe that people should continue to act like not not as I guess as rowdy and as violent as some people right. have been right. but I do think that people should continue to keep the same energy that yeah. they have but for the rest of their lives because that's like from when Martin Luther King what was that like 60 something yeah so from that time period, that was like the civil rights movement. And the civil rights movement wasn't just for black people. It was for, you know, if you were gay or whatever you are, that's different than normal. It was for you to everybody, all those people to come together and to actually have a common mindset right. that we want to be normal. Yeah. Like seen as equals. Yeah. We don't, we don't want to be different. We right. want everybody to be different, but let that be the normal. Right. And I think after MLK died and it just seemed like civil rights movement died out. It died with yeah. it. Yeah. And it was like, okay, you have your rights and let's just go back to doing what we were doing. It's like, no, that should be always like you should always be trying to make sure everything's equal. Like mm-hmm. everybody has equality and as you were saying, it, it sucks that it happens to happen when somebody dies or some sort of some sort of catastrophe. Like it should, people should always be trying to spread positivity right. and equality. And I don't know, it it just sucks. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's just a sign that like there's something broken still in the system. Like you know, yeah. the civil rights movement they did a lot. <clears throat> it was a it was a huge movement. And then you fast forward to uh, 2020, and you see George Floyd on the street with the cop on his neck, and uh, just killing them. And uh, you, you start to see like, like this is happening still, you know. But if it wasn't for like the camera, how many deaths have we not seen? You know, like how many incidents have we not that we don't know about, you know, and 
I feel like what you were talking about, keeping that same energy, I feel like that should go across the board, you know. Right now, you have a lot more Caucasians protesting the situation because, like, we brought it to the light. It's like, you know, if you feel like you're a part of, you know, the African-American scene and, like, you wear our clothes and you listen to our music, then you should stand up for what's right. You know, you should help support us, you know. And I felt like they took it like, you're right. We need to help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I see that, like, it's been a big support. Like, they have stood up and they're like, okay, we're going to protest this and, like, all oh, Black Lives Matter. I've still been seeing some, like, All Lives Matter, and that's all right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's all right. If that's but, how but you feel. But it's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. Like, if that's how you feel, that's fine. But, like, you know, um, what I'm trying to get at is, like, okay, you're processing. Let's keep that same energy, you know, like. And this is for, like, the other races that are protesting, like the Caucasians and the Asians and the other races. Um, Like, even after this is done, what's important is to, like, teach the youth, teach children, teach, you know, people that are coming up or, like, your families that, like, you know, everybody should be treated equally. after this, like you shouldn't go back home and then start this being like those niggers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like go back to how it was or you know what I mean? Like let's keep that same energy. Like if you if you're out there talking about, you know, Black Lives Matter, then you know, keep that same energy and and like, you know, pass on positive uh information about like black lives, you know? I I keep hearing a lot about, well, can you educate me or how can we be educated on on black lives and what do we do? What what can we do to make things better? How can I help? You know, I think that's how people can help is like, you know, you know, this instilling into their families and children that like, you know, we're not the bad people and we're not all out to rob and and, you know, all that other stuff notations that like comes with being a black African male or black African American, you know what I mean? Like I I really don't know how all of that is to play, but I know in the South, like I've heard from my, my white friends and people that they talk about like their uncle Johnny and he's like racist and he's like, those black people aren't ever known to be good and, mm. and you know, and I and then I wonder like when they seen George Floyd die, I heard about it. I wonder how many people were like, well, he deserved it. Mm. You know? And that's what I feel like needs to be changed. Yeah. You know, that representation of, like, people, you know, still stuck on those ways. And, of course, there's, like, a whole clan that all, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. like, how can we dead that? Yeah. You know, but I, I think the the big problem is like when when something like this happens, people are like, well, you didn't see the whole video. Like, what did George Floyd do? Exactly. Doesn't matter. He he was killed. Yeah. <laughs> like, Supposedly he was like 
forging a check i had like fake money or something yeah, like that I heard it was like 20 bucks yeah like yeah like a fake 20 dollar bill or something like that and that's why i was like due process like the police were there not to kill the man they should have arrested him booked him what would have been so hard about that and then let the law do what the law is supposed to do you know and it's just sad you know i mean like I don't know what was going on in those officers' head. And that the point that I was trying to get at earlier is like, you know, you have good people and you have bad people. And there are good cops and there are bad cops. And those are obviously the bad cops. And I feel like there probably could be more bad cops like them out there that we don't know about. And the biggest thing is about being vigilant. And I think the important thing is like, you know, Keep those phones out. Like, I'm really, like, I have a presence on social media, but, like, I know when I try to go out, I'm not, like, always, like, my phone out and I'm capturing the moment. I'm like, I'm not really that type of person. But now, like, I'm like, man, I need to keep my phone ready. And I and I hope that somebody that, if the situation happens to me, like, there's somebody there with the phone yeah. to, like, Excuse me. Document what's going on, because like I hate it. Like I right now, and I'm probably the same for you. Is like okay, you open up Instagram or you get on Facebook, and like, have you been seeing like the protests and the police still like showing like violence, like beating up protesters and things like that? I have seen. Um like I saw the one where the like the New York cops like mm-hmm. had ran over some yeah. people like that, and I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> that's that just crazy!" And it's getting worse. Yeah, it's getting worse, man. I'm not gonna like elaborate on on it because I'm pretty sure everybody's been seeing it. But like the level of police brutality during these um, these uh, protests is, is is crazy. It's really crazy, and those are the bad cops that I'm talking about that something needs to be done and um, you know I believe like right now we need to uh, vote <laughs> we need to vote for uh, getting Trump out of office you think so I think I rarely I really do because I feel like he is um, causing this flame of hatred to like rise you know like Right when the George Floyd incident happened, he said, uh, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not a rapper. You don't make, like, <laughs> bars like that. Like, come on, man. Like, yeah. really? Yeah. Like, that's going to incite a riot. That's going to... And then here comes the the uh, military, you know? and. Yeah. And we were just dealing with the the COVID nineteen thing, and it seemed like we didn't have money to do every, all the things we needed to do. But all of a sudden, now we got the military out, and the country is just man in shambles. And I feel like you know, he is not pro black. He is not a pro black president. Mm-hmm. It's just obvious. Yeah. You know, as soon as he got into office. The KKK riots that they started coming out of the, the woods. Yeah, you know and that Virginia thing. Yeah, was huge. Yeah. You know, as soon as he came into office, yeah, here they come. You know, 
And it is what it is. It is it's like, even though we got two options, we got Biden, we got Trump. <laughs> the lesser of the two evils. Man. Yeah. And it's, it, it is what it is, you know. But also, like, voting for, like, the police funding. Like, I didn't know police got all the funding for most cities. Hmm. Like, their funding is outrageous. Like, it's, they get more money than, like, public transportation or, like, you know, the basic things for civilians that we need. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of that funding goes to the police. So, that's probably why they feel higher than us. Yeah. Like, you know, I think that voting, I think we all need to get educate ourselves on what we need to do to vote to make things in our in our nation better you know I, I think it's also not so much the voting as it is the education of the people knowing what to vote for because I'm a type of, I'm not deliberately ignorant like there's a lot of stuff about politics I don't know and it's not because I'm one of those people that's like well, I, I don't care about politics and I'm like not trying to push it away from me. I just I just literally just don't know. And I haven't like I, I do podcasts. I do music. I've got a full time job. At Owens Corning like I'm busy. I don't right, have. Yeah, <laughs> I don't feel like using my spare time to look up, you know, what to vote for and what not to vote for. Is it important? Yeah. But at the same time, it's it's just hard to to get into all that with all the other things I do. And that's totally understandable, and I feel like I'm in the same boat. And I feel like you know sometimes politics can be depressing, yeah. Because like you go to the, you go to vote, and you try to make a change, and it just seems like it, your vote don't count, yeah. You know, but I think right now, <clears throat> I think it's very important to try to figure out what's important to vote on. I think we all should come together, you know, and uh. Try to get a common mean of like what we want as a society, and that's just my own personal my personal feelings on that. I feel like Trump is not for us, and not not just for us as black people, as for us as a society, you know. Uh, and that's just how I feel. Yeah, I mean, he, Trump is just a dude, you know. <laughs> like he, he was never a, a real politician. No, like, he was just a dude who was like, you know, if I ran for president. I could win. And then he did it and he won. Yeah. So, I mean, it was not like he had some real incentive. Uh, I mean, he has like the MAGA stuff, like make America great again. But I'm like 99% sure somebody put that idea in his head. Yeah. And then that was his campaign people. They just yeah. ran with that ran phrase. With yeah. So, I mean, personally, I think it's going to happen again. Like everybody thought Oprah was going to win. Everybody thought The Rock was going to run and win. Um, people have like thrown out some other random celebrities. Right. And I, I think it's going to happen again. I don't think Trump is going to be the first and the last. I think eventually it's just going to bec- become a popularity contest. But that's that's the problem. That's the problem. Exactly. <laughs> it is a problem. It's a big problem. Um, I'm not really super big into politics. But I do remember that, like, when Trump was running, you had uh, Hillary Clinton was the other person yeah. that we could have voted for, you know. And I feel like, you know, America wasn't ready for a female president, 
Mm-hmm. They didn't want it. Yeah. You know? She yeah. actually won the popular. I know. That that was That's crazy. crazy. <laughs> and it was like, uh, we'd rather put Trump in. Yeah. Because he's, you know, that image of him saying, make America great and, you know, he can make our economy better and all that other stuff, you know, people fell into. But um, I feel this go around, you know, just because he sent the check out for uh, $1,200 to people with his name on it doesn't mean that we should, like, buy into his, like, his whole lies and this old belief that like he can make America great again because it's like obviously not true. America is that <laughs> the worst place it's been at in a long time. Yeah. I don't see America being great at all right now. America mm-hmm. is like I think right now if you would talk to any other country and say, What do you think about America right now? They'd probably be like, Man, it's a joke. Yeah. Like it's a joke. <laughs> America you know? right now is like a super rich guy who looks great at his job and then goes home and drinks and yeah. gets drunk because and beats he his wife. And yeah. <laughs> That's America right now. And it's just crazy. And I, I don't want to get on Trump too much because it's just like, it's so much, you know, that's coming out. Like supposedly he raped a 13 year old girl mm. and you know, we always known him as a womanizer, mm. you know, when he was on the campaign trail, he had grabbed some lady and talked crazy to her, and that would have been means to not even vote for the man. You yeah, know? yeah. So it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I personally have never voted because I haven't found something that I thought was worth my vote. Right. There was one guy he ran for president. Um, his name was Rick Santorum, and I really liked him, but he ended up not getting into the, um, I don't know what they call it, but when you're like one of the last few people, he ended up not getting the vote because mm-hmm. um, he, I think he dropped out. He had like a, I don't know if it was like an autistic child or something like that, but yeah. I think he ended up not putting as much work into the election yeah. and more into his child because well, it was I getting too much. That. Yeah, But um, I liked him. He was, mm-hmm. he was a great dude. I think he was a dick. But I was like, that's what America needs. Yeah. Somebody who's Someone like. stern. Yeah, somebody stern. Like, hey, these are things that we need to be. These are issues that we need to address. And then that's final. And somebody who can't be easily manipulated. Right. And I think um, I've heard some people talk about Bernie Sanders. And they mm-hmm. say that he's kind of that way. Like he. He thinks that there are, we had a lot of issues and we need to address those. And like Bernie couldn't be like swayed, mm-hmm. and um, they said that that's why a lot of people, or that's why the politics didn't really push Bernie that well because he wasn't easily manipulated. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, like just I don't know. This the voting period like needs to be. There needs to be more education. That's yeah. what like I don't think we even really talked about that in high school. Like. When, when I was in high school, I you know I thought about like oh when I get eighteen you know I can vote and do all this <laughs> stuff but like I'm I'm twenty seven and mm. it's it's crazy to think that I haven't found something that I thought was truly worth my vote yet. It's been like that for several elections, you know, um, and you know <clears throat> it's kind of crazy. Like we go from. 
We go from Obama to Trump. Like polar opposites. <laughs> <laughs> Yin and yang. Yeah. It's like, okay, we made you feel good. We gave you a black president. Now we're gonna give you Trump. We gotta equalize this. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh somebody uh was it DK Metcalf, he's receiver for the Seahawks. Uh-huh. He was like um Obama needs to come out of retirement. <laughs> like a, a do the forty five, Michael Jordan. <laughs> Switch it on up. Come on back. Yeah, it's. I mean, I think we definitely. I think we definitely need to. Truly have somebody who, the people like, really agree with. Yeah. I mean, it is kind of a long process, but at the same time, it's not. So I mean, so you're president for four years. Well, during that four-year span, we could be thinking about the next one. Oh, yeah. But the problem is it's really like two years to about one year that they're truly thinking about the next president because I think they start like trying to pick the next person probably about like a year and a half, maybe two years out. And then that's when you start seeing all these candidates start rolling in and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's it's pretty crazy, like just – I don't know. I, as I said, I'm just huge on the education. Like, yeah. We just need to know, like, what's going on, the values. Like, is this person, like, being against something and being for something are completely different things. So you were saying Trump isn't for the people. Like, and you like, it's not just black people. He might not be, a, he might not be against, um, like, bad things. Like, he might not be against the KKK or something like that. But, like, He's not exactly for pro, like promoting minorities getting more jobs and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's I think that's the problem is we don't need to find somebody who's just not against certain things. We need to find somebody who's actually proactively trying to make things better, trying to trying to increase uh, minorities in certain jobs and that's I don't know. That's just my take on how how we can fix things. Is somebody who's more proactive instead of just um, not being against something. If that right. makes sense. Yeah, definitely being proactive. And uh, if the goal is to make America great again, be proactive about doing it. You know, um, and now I had this you know thought as well. It was like okay. When you found out that George Floyd had been murdered in the streets and you see that like people are protesting, tearing up the country to try to get justice. As a president, you should have made action. You should have took action and said, these cops need to be arrested. Yeah. This needs to happen. Immediately. Because if I don't, this rioting and everything else that's going to continue to go on is going to get worse. And he did not do that. Mm-hmm. He didn't stand up for nothing. He was instantly got on the defense and said, mayors, you know, turn up your police volume. Let's get these, you know, riot gear on and get out there and show your force, you know. And that's that's where like I disagree with all of his like his his mentality, you know, um, is 
it's not about trying to help us. You know, I feel like it's, and I always felt like this from the beginning with him was like, how is a billionaire going to understand a common person? Yeah. You know, like I, I felt like that from the beginning. I was like, I'm just, we're just common people. You know, we have everyday struggles that you have no idea about, mm-hmm. you know, and how are you going to relate to us? How, how can you understand what we go through? Yeah. You know, and, and it's just obvious, you know, and I think things will change. It's just, it's, it's, it's going to take a while. Mm-hmm. It's going to take a while. Yeah. But I feel like with this that's going on now, with all the protests, I feel people are, you know, unconsciously or subconsciously, I mean, like getting educated and they don't even know it. Yeah. That's true. About what needs to happen and what needs to be in play for us to make our country better again and to get a person in office, you know. These people that have never protested or knew nothing about protesting <clears throat> because, like, you're 27, I'm 37. We know about, like, Rodney King beatings and the protest and you know, we know about other protests before then. We're educated on, like, you know, the civil rights movement. But most of the kids that, like, are, like, 19 and under or 20 and under, they have really not too much education about that. But they are getting out there and they're protesting. Yeah. And some are going the wrong way, looting and things like that. And yeah. I, that's something that I'm, I don't agree with, you know. But I understand it, you know. We're, a lot of people are angry, and and is it's a mixture of the George Floyd incident, and it's a mixture of the COVID incidents, and it's a mixture of you know feeling like okay our freedoms have been taken away from us, and it just I came all together all at once, you know, so I understand all of that, but I feel like now that like out after this incident. <clears throat> And what's going on, I feel like there could be a light at the tunnel. And I feel like something good can come out of this incident. And that could be the blessing in disguise. Um, I feel like a lot of people are getting into the whole Black Lives Matter, helping donate to all these different organizations. And there's somebody inside of these organizations that is uh, an understanding of what can make this country better. You know what I mean? And all we can do is just, you know, pray. I feel like discussions like this is important. And I feel like pushing each other for positive, you know, pushing each other for, okay, how can, how can, I help you or how can I help this group or how can I do something to make this person's day better is what we need to get at. You know what I mean? And not pull each other down. And I don't see that going on right now. I see a lot of people pushing each other up. And like you were talking about earlier in the discussion about how can we keep this momentum 
I think that's very important. Like, as long as we keep the same momentum, the same energy, things can get better. And that, it's just obvious. But we have to all be in. Um, we all have to do it together. You know? Absolutely. Um, another thing I wanted to bring up that you were that you talked about earlier was just the fact that like what how how this all got handled was completely I I don't think it was really thought out and even though like so you were saying the police get a lot of funding maybe that funding isn't going in the right direction no it's not um so personally as I said earlier, like if you had a thought of what a George Floyd do, like when you first heard that the cop had killed him, like, hold on, let's, let's see the video first. Let's see what he did. If, if you saw just the cop with his, his knee on his neck, your first thought should have been, why is his knee on his neck Right. for so long? Like if he yeah. had did it for like two seconds, that should have been, let me get my knee on his neck to control him then handcuff him, then put him in the car. Yeah. Not let me keep my knee on his neck. Yeah, and put my hand in my pocket and be like chilling. And get comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, here, I'm here. Yeah. I I'm mean, here until this person dies. Like, this is me. I'm about to kill this man. Like, that was his intent, you know, and that's sad. Um, to talk on that about, you know, do we need to know what he did? Or do we see a human dying? You know, that's that's the I think the biggest problem was like the dehumanization of the the situation. It's like did he did that officer see him as a human being or just not even like an animal or a dog? Because dogs get more respect than that. Yeah, like. He's obviously he was thought less than a human. Yeah, and I think that's one of the biggest problems right now. It's like we don't see each other as equals, uh, and our empathy level is kind of like it's blurred at some points. You know, it's like if that was my child. And I'm watching there, and I'm sitting there, and I, my child is being killed. I get it that like people were filming it, but I'm on the other side. I'm like, why don't somebody do something more to stop this? Mm-hmm. Like after five minutes, after six minutes, I know that they're the police, but the man's dying. Yeah, like the like most. I, I was thinking like, man, I would risk my life to try to save that man's life. Mm. You know, like, it's just, it's it's very sad, you know, like, that video, that video being seen, like, around the world. And I heard it uh, coined as, like, uh, death porn. Mm. Because, like, I know when I was young, I don't think I would have had the means to be able to see like that. Mm-mm. Like, that would have been bleeped out, cut out. It would have just been, like, a little short snippet. You wouldn't have seen like his whole death. Yeah. Like I that's when I was watching, I was like, they're gonna cut it off. They're gonna cut it off. And then like when they like put his lifeless body onto the stretcher, 
I was like, man, that man's dead. Yeah. I just seen a person die today. Yeah. You know, and that's never a good thing. Like, that's affected me. I watched it. I, I purposely, I was like, I didn't want to watch it. I didn't want to watch it. So I didn't watch it when it first came out. I waited. And uh, I think I watched it on Sunday. And, like, that has affected my whole energy since I watched that video. Mm-hmm. Like, I have not been in a good place. Uh, it has affected me being an artist. Uh, it's affected my work at work. It's affected my work as an artist. It's affected the way that I, I see people. It's affected the way that, like, I see our country. It's affected a lot of things, you know. Uh, I I could totally feel that, like, I have been distraught from watching that video emotionally. Like, I deal with depression, you know, like, and uh, I've been, you know, diagnosed as, like, uh, borderline depression. And, like, I'm okay with that. I understand that. But after watching that video, like, has it has emotionally done something to me that, like, I don't know if I can ever, like, kind of, like, get better from that, mm. you know? And that's just me. Uh, I, I, I say that in, like, with hope that, like, maybe somebody understands where I'm at with that. Not, like, that I want to go out and, like, hurt somebody or hurt myself. It's just that if I feel like that, imagine that 12-year-old kid that watched that video or... Because I don't know, man. I don't have children, but I, ha- I have a niece and I have a nephew. And my, nep- my niece, I mean, my nephew is uh, like 11 years old. And I'm just wondering, like, I'm praying to God that like, he hasn't seen it, you know. Or how does that affect somebody? Yeah. You know, how did it affect you when you seen it? I, I was just like, I already knew what was going to happen. Like, when I saw it, I was just like. They're gonna. <laughs> there's, there's gonna be something crazy happen from this because it's there's too much media. There's too much of the ability for people to understand what's going on. And once I saw it, I was like, like how how is this even going on? Like, cause cause to me, I'm I'm a person who doesn't fight. Like I've never been in a fight before. So. To see somebody doing that to somebody else, like just to see, first of all, a cop yeah. of all people whose your job is, they say, protect and serve. Nah. So to see a cop with their knee on somebody for that extended period of time, like, as I said, if you did it to a, to handcuff the guy and then, you know, you got off of him, that would be okay because that was your means of to detain the person. Right. But that, that wasn't his intention. And that's the problem. Yeah. His intentions weren't to detain and then, you know, put him in the cop car and then let him sit there. He obviously had intentions to inflict pain upon the guy. And that is where I was saying about the funding. Like we need to find better ways to make sure cops understand what the heck they're doing out there. Because I mean, if you, <laughs> I think Dave Chappelle said something about um, the best way to end um, a lot of racism is to make sure every black person has a gun. <laughs> like, like to like if every person, every, every black person had to have a gun, 
that would end racism. Yeah. <laughs> and it's that's I mean that's what cops do. Cops all have guns. Yeah. And like what you were talking about, I had a discussion with somebody about like you know what the other people should have did that were watching. Like the most I probably would have done personally is make sure I probably not like tackle the cop or anything because that would probably would have got you shot. But at least get in their face and be like, dude, what are you doing right now? Like, yell something, you know. Yeah. Make that cop feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Don't don't allow them to feel as it if they have that much power. Them. Yeah, I, and I, I, you know, it was it was a whole group of cops that were involved. That's why Dang. you see them now, you know. But you know that Asian cop that was like stopping people from coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, why is he doing that? You know. Yeah. And I get it. I get it. So I had made that to, that uh, I had said that like you know I would have probably jumped in there to try to help, and you know like ended up getting killed my damn self, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. But um, now we're saying justice. I I think I just seen like two days ago that all of the cops are now being detained and. Underneath the second degree murder charges, I know the main cop is on the second degree murder charges, and the other ones are being trialed as like um, accomplices. Accomplices, mm, they accomplices. Yeah, yeah, they were together. Um, and I don't know if you've seen the other footage, but supposedly before the video of him being choked, there was like a video of them beating him up in a in a in the cop car. Yeah, and uh. That same Asian cop was on the outside of the car looking, keeping a lookout, and uh, they were, like, beating him up inside of the, the car. Yeah, it's crazy. So, like, there was, they were out to do something to that man. Yeah. You know, and that gets to the point where it's like, okay, now I feel like my – I've always never really been like, okay – comfortable with cops yeah <laughs> i've never really been really comfortable with cops but i you know i would like to be able to call them if something happened yeah like if something happened i need y'all to come help me because that's what y'all do yeah please come help you know yeah. and when y'all pull up please don't kill me yeah you know what i mean yeah. i'm, I'm <laughs> the know? guy that needs the yeah, help yeah i'm the, the guy that needs the help but now yeah. it's like I don't feel safe with the police. You know mm. what I mean? Like, I, it's it's crazy that I shouldn't feel that way. Mm. I should be able to like you know have trust that the police are going to come and they're going to serve and protect and do what's right. And um, I think that's what's going to happen with the, the funding. I think that's what's being pushed like across the country right now is like defunding of the police because. Uh, we're giving them too much, like, headroom to do whatever they want to do, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and I think a lot of, like, the, the police commissioners and, like, the people that, like, are above the police inside of the offices, they're going to, like, start having the whole people accountable, have to hold their officers accountable, uh, just like how everybody else is held accountable. Yeah. At any job, at any job, you know, that it's just a job. You're not a god. You're not, yeah. <laughs> you're, you know, you are not 
I don't know. This isn't Wild Wild West. This isn't none of that. This is you have a job. Your mm-hmm. job is to help the people. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I think that's what's important. Like these people need to be held accountable. Everybody needs to be held accountable, and especially for the police. Like there would. So I guess there is body cam footage, mm-hmm. and it hasn't been released yet. Mm-hmm. You know, so. The discussions that are on that body cam video are probably crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or did they get them cut off? We don't know. You know what I mean? But that's that that's something that like from when the man had got shot and killed. I forget his name, but like it was about two or three years ago, and that like that was the the go to is like, well, we have all police wear body cams. Mm-hmm. You know. That was like okay, all right, cool. Now we can feel safe. Yeah, and and now it's like okay, we put that into play for police to be held accountable, and that's not even helping. Yeah. So now what can we do? Yeah. You know. Mm. The one thing that I that I think that would change a lot of stuff is just being able to. Have have the cops go through those types of scenarios and then just like, you know, just just see what they do. You know, (laughs) (laughs) just I I know they educate them and I know they they probably test them or whatever. But like, I, I don't know, just just being able to see cops in action. And one thing I would definitely suggest for people to do if um if you feel comfortable with it, but do a ride along. So me and my wife actually did ride alongs. And I, I know people probably think about that movie that mm. uh, I think it was Kevin Hart or something. Nah. But uh, it, it will open your eyes to what cops can do. So I did a ride along uh, with this cop back in Huntsville, Alabama. And um, so the first thing we were going to go do was um, we were supposed to go look at some footage from an apartment. And apparently some guy, like, took out a gun at the apartment and was, like, you know, threatening people. Yeah. So that was our first thing we were going to do. So we're driving around. We go to the apartment complex. And he sees a guy that has um, – he's in a Challenger, and the, his tent is way too dark. So he's, he's supposed to get a ticket for that. So the, he looks up his um, – his license plate, and he's like, ah, this dude has warrants too. <laughs> so it, that dude, that wasn't even like our goal. He, he right. was doing that. But um, while he was doing that, some woman like starts yelling, and she was trying to get our attention because there was like a domestic dispute going on. I was like, Jesus, this yeah. is wild. <laughs> so um, he like stopped doing that to go handle the dispute, and it ended up being a guy and a girl were arguing, and um, Gosh, what happened? Oh, so the, he, he, I think he pulls out his taser and is like telling the guy to just get on the ground or whatever. So uh, let me remind you, this is a white cop and I'm, I'm with this white cop and the, the people having the dispute is all black people. So he pulls out his taser, tells the guy to get on the ground. The guy gets on the ground. He handcuffs him. He walks him down the stairs and brings him to his car. The guy is like crying because he... I think he already had like a restraining order or something. And so he wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah. And the, the cop was telling him, he was like, calm down. Like, it's okay. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to arrest you. And he was just like, look, man, you know, you're not supposed to be here. Um, he was like, I could, um, 
like arrest you and like get you uh, jail time or right. like go to go to court. But he's like, I'm not going to do that because that's more paperwork I got to do, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm going to put you through a lot of stuff because yeah. they had a kid together. Yeah, and he was like, look, just. Uh, I think he had like a fine or something he wanted. I can't remember, but he did the bare minimum. And I was like, this is how this should be handled all the time. Yeah, <laughs> like it can he, be. He yeah. could have came in there guns blazing. <laughs> it could be held. It could be done any way that the cop wants to do it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It could, it could, it could go. Which is good, good and way. bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It could go the good way. It could go the bad way. And that's, that's like the way he handled that. I was like, I just watched real time the most positive situation that could have went bad. And that's George Floyd's situation was yeah. just one of those that just that took the bad. polar opposite. Went it went bad. completely bad. And I, d- I don't understand how those situations can happen. Like I know, I know they have set standards on how to handle things, oh, yeah. but the mindset the I feel like that cop had to have been some sort of mentally unstable oh, or yeah. just or just straight racist or something. Something. You could kind of see it in his eye, you know, that like he wasn't all there. He was not there in his mind to be like, you know, um, I'm about to like let my knee off this man's neck. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just crazy. But uh, I wanted to say this, um, you know. I've had run-ins with the police, uh, you know, and I've seen myself in George Floyd's shoes, you know, like that could have been me in a couple of incidents where if the police didn't do what they needed to do and like, you know, they decided that they wanted to use like extraordinary force and, you know, do like what they did to George Floyd, um, like it could have been me. You know, and that's that's where I feel like, man, like there has been good cops that like, you know, okay, boom, you know, arrested me, took me in, detained me and allowed the the judicial system to go how it's supposed to go, you Mm -hmm. know, but uh, I feel like, you know, cops like that guy that killed George Floyd. Like, his rap sheet already had a lot of tarnishes on it. Like, he had already killed a couple people before. Uh, You know, uh, a bunch of, like, you know, uh, reports on him for, like, you know, this messed up stuff that he's done throughout the years in that community. And, like, he should have been fired a long time ago. Mm. He should not be a police officer anymore, you know what I mean, because of his rap sheet. And I think... That's another thing that we should put into play is like, you know, like a three strike rule or something like that, where it's like, okay, man, if you done did these certain amount of things, you automatically are fired off the police force, yeah. you know. Like That should not be a should, six strike. Yeah. Job. <laughs> it's yeah. Just, yeah, it shouldn't be like, okay, you 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 can do as much stuff as unlimited. Yeah, yeah. There's an unlimited amount of stuff that you can do. Yeah. And I feel like that for most police, like you know, oh, well, give me your badge and give me your gun. You're on suspension for a week. When you come back. You're going to get these. <laughs> <laughs> get right back at it. Yeah, you get right. And that's what it is, you yeah. know. And so, like, 
the person, the cop could feel invincible. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. Eh? Yeah. I ain't going to get in trouble. You was know, this I'm a week off? The law. Yeah. <laughs> I needed a week off. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm above man. the law. Yeah. And that's how it is. Like, I think a lot of things are about to come into play yeah. after this. And it should have been that way. Mm. It should have been that way for the longest. But now you, you got the whole world looking at it. It wasn't just America before. Yeah. You know. And that's, I'm going to look at the good from the bad now. I'm going to look at the good from the bad. What can happen? Now that the whole world is looking at it and you got other countries, you know, screaming about the racial injustice and how police officers are like, you know, killing people. Something needs to change. There's going to be a change. And I feel like, you know, that's for the better. Yeah. You know, because it's just been happening way too often. Like it, for a minute, you know, they had killed that man in uh, New York. By like strangling him, and it was the first cases that I can't breathe, you know. And uh, and then since then, it's just been like okay, escalating, 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 but nothing's really been done about it. Yeah. I feel like now, like, I, there's gonna be a big change, and that's a good thing. Did you see that? Um, I think it was in New York that guy that um, he was like a photographer. It was like bird watching or something. And yeah. The, the chick called the, I was like, oh, oh yeah, you know, I kind of saw it on your Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was absolutely insane. And yeah. even though. That's I, that white privilege. Yeah. And uh, I, when white privilege goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That right there was, if you don't know what racism truly is, watch that. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know, if you want an education on what racism is, and that's crazy because, uh, uh, so yeah, we talk about that. So I did do a drawing, and that was another one of those things where it was like, okay, my inspiration was like, you know, go ahead and do this and put that out there. Because my sister lives in New York, and she was telling me more mm. about it. Like, I didn't know the man was a bird watcher. I didn't know there was black bird watchers. <laughs> I didn't know we did that. But yeah. that's a thing in New York. Like a lot of people just bird watch. And yeah. I get it. It's peaceful. I've been to Central Park. It's peaceful. Yeah. Why not? So like, yeah, he's just a bird watcher. And the lady had her dog. And I, I guess there's a, a, a leash rule where you have to have your dog leashed, which is obvious. Like you don't want your dog running after people, biting yeah. them and stuff. Like In public. That's in a public. Thing. That's yeah. a thing. Like, I, I get it. Like if you're at the house or in your, your yard or whatever, you know, but like she's out there and she don't have her dog leashed up and the man's telling her, ma'am, and he has his camera out. I guess he just knew it was about to be an incident or he's just trying to document it. Yeah. You know, and that's a good thing about having phones nowadays. It's just like, cause the way that she flipped it on him, it could have went south mm -hmm. if he didn't do that. Yeah. You know? So, like, the lady, um, I call her Karen. Yeah, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, and uh, the lady was like, no, I'm not going to leash my dog. And can you stop filming? Can you stop filming, please? I'm going to call the cops and tell them that an African-American male is, is, uh, 
is attacking me and that I'm in fear for my life. Yeah. She was like, he was like, just, yeah, do it. I don't care. <laughs> Call the cops, you know? And she did it. And she went from like normal to all hysteric. Oh, there's an African American male attacking me. I'm in fear for my life. Yeah. And she's like strangling her dog. Yeah. She's like, don't even care. Like, I think she was walking. I don't know if it was her dog or someone else's dog. But like, the, so <laughs> in the artwork that I did, uh, I I put her like on the phone talking to the police, and I uh, I said like uh, the police there's a uh, there's a there's a African American male. Uh, minding his his own business, <laughs> threatening my <laughs> Threat, life. threatening my life, <laughs> uh, and the dog is just like hanging there by his leash, and it's like Karen, I can't breathe, yeah. <laughs> you know. But she don't even care, yeah. You know, she's more about making a scene. But the crazy thing about it is, like like you were saying, like that's racism. If you never seen it, that's twenty twenty America right there. That whole situation, <laughs> that's twenty twenty America. It's just a, a white person thinking, yeah. By no means am I racist, but a white person thinking that they're doing the right thing by calling the cops and not even paying attention to what they're really doing by choking a dog. Yeah, and that that was that's clear evidence of what's going on right now. Is somebody thinking they're doing the right thing but not even realizing they're they're killing something else? And right. I, I was like, Jesus, <laughs> this whole situation. Yeah. And then, like, if you look at it, like, let's just say that the police did show up. Mm-hmm. So that was Eric Garner. I, I, the name finally popped up. That was up. the guy's I'm, name? Eric Garner is the one that the first incident that the police killed by strangling him. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And it, uh, he was like, I can't breathe. Yeah. You know? So, what if the police did show up? And, like, you know, met this black man there. And the lady's all hysterical, saying, he's threatening my life. And they were the bad cops. Mm -hmm. And they did something to this black man. But he never did nothing at all. Yeah. Like, it could have been a a worse situation. Absolutely. You know? And that's just, like, my, my, my mind thinks like that. Like, what if? You know? But uh, it didn't. And, like... The lady ended up getting fired from her job. I think she was a dog walker. She ended up getting fired from her do- her job. And, like, you know, the biggest thing is that she is known as a racist. Mm-hmm. A lot of that stuff is kept behind doors. Yeah. And private. And that, that kind of feeds the fire to that, you know. I can go out in public and, and act normal. But in my mind, be like, I hate these fucking black people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have you seen the uh drew Brees the comments yeah that's wild oh man drew Brees is getting drugged through the mud right now. <laughs> that's wild drew Brees. this is like he it is what it is like you know it just came out yeah and who knows if he is racist or not but his statement seemed like he didn't give a fuck yeah yeah. You know, like somebody said the the bad part about it is so that all happened what like 3 years ago, 2 years ago, all the kneeling and stuff like mm-hmm. that. 
somebody was like, the bad part about it is Drew Brees had two or three years to educate himself and still, <laughs> and yeah, still, still, didn't. still didn't. So yeah, you're right. He j- it's like he just didn't care. It's, yeah, it's just doesn't like, care. Yeah, and and that's all right. Like <clears throat> we've been dealing with it for a while. Like well, like you know, uh, white America not just caring because they don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, like, they don't have to. It's, it's, I don't care. It's not my issue. Yeah. It's not my problem. This is my America. Yeah. You know? Well, like, I guess we should use uh, not not Karen instead of Karen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not Karen. Yeah, Karen. Not Karen. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's, just, it's just wild that, like, you know, someone opens their mouth and then you realize, like, damn, that's how they really feel? Yeah. And yeah, he's getting a lot of flack for that. And it it sucks. It sucks that, like, you know, a lot of black people like Drew Brees. Yeah. I know my sister does. 90% of his teammates. (laughs) (laughs) I know my sister. She don't like too many football people and stuff like that. But she liked Drew Brees and she likes the Saints. Yeah. You know? So, now he's trying to uh, apologize. Yeah. But sometimes apology is not always going to be accepted. Yeah. And uh, the funny thing about those apologies is like, like the, I, I take it back to Trump. Like he has not once apologized for anything that he said or done. True. Like maybe if he did try to apologize, maybe I might feel a little bit lighter. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But. You trying. Yeah. <laughs> you trying. I get it. But, like, there's it, not been that one apology, you know. Yeah. And that lets you know where, where his thoughts are. Yeah. Like, he's not, if he's not apologizing, he obviously, you know. I, I It's actually from that movie, um, I think it was next Friday, when mm-hmm. – uh, Cat Williams, the the girl's like, oh, I'm sorry. He's like, don't be sorry. Hold, be careful. <laughs> yeah, be- <laughs> that's. I feel like that's black people's thoughts toward toward white people who who have these kind of actions. Like, nah. we don't need you to be sorry. We don't need you to apologize. We want you to do better. <laughs> yeah, just do better. Yeah. And um, I'm at this point where it's like, okay, I just want to be treated equal. Yeah, that's just the goal. Like not just, better, just equal. Equal. Yeah. Like I'm. I don't want to feel better than you. I don't want you to think that you're better than me. I just want to be treated equal. I want the same rights you have. I want to be treated the same way that you get treated. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's it. That is it. Yeah. You know, I it ain't. I don't want no money given to me. Nothing. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I can earn it. If if everything is treated equal, then I I will get what's given to me. I will right exactly. You know what I'm saying, and that's just where I'm at. Uh, I grew up in a really diverse family. My dad is Marine, 28 years. I traveled the world. Uh, I got a lot of good friends that are white, Asian, Mexican, all kind of different races. You know. Uh, and like, it's just funny when like you get to this point right now, and it's just like, dang, like I known that I haven't been treated equal this whole time, and the fight is like you know like constantly kind of like having to, you know, and that's all right for me. And I think that's what pushes me as a man. It's like okay, 
you know, my mom pushed, put that in me, you know, like, you're always going to have to do your best. Like, you, because, you know, you're just like an African-American male, and you're going to have to to prove yourself more than somebody else would. Yeah. And that's okay. Like, I've been okay with that for a long time, you know. But being okay with it now is getting a little bit old, and I feel like that's not fair for everybody else. You know, like, especially for, like, a George Floyd, like, that wasn't he didn't give he wasn't given an option to be treated equal. Correct. And like if that happens more, then we're gonna see more George Floyds. We're gonna see more deaths happen. Uh and we need to get past that. I think if we all can be seen equal, there wouldn't be no deaths, you know, and we we can push each other as a country more. Yeah. To do better, yep. I remember I think it was about this time last year, cause Juneteenth, but yeah. um they were talking about Ooh, what's his name? Um, Danny Glover. I think he started talking about uh, black people and getting like reparations and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So I don't believe black people should receive monetary uh, reparations. But what I do believe that is completely reasonable, in my opinion, is free education for black people. Oh, yeah. So... A lot of people will bring up, um, like black people will talk about, like, man, y'all, uh, white people, y'all had a 400 year head start, <laughs> you know, to, to be CEOs and yeah. stuff like that. So yeah. I think personally, it would make a lot of sense for the government to be like, oh, if you're black, your family, like your ancestors didn't so much quite have the opportunity to read. Like, you know, we were slaves were beaten yeah. if they understood yeah. how to read. And no education. They don't want us to have no nothing. So that's I think personally as as a reparation, I think black people should get free education to colleges because it only makes sense. Like, oh, we didn't allow you to be educated. So now we're like, oh, well, let's just give you education because, you know, that's that's something we took away from your family. So let's let's give you education now. That's that's a great uh you know, thought, and I think that's a great idea as well, like, you know, providing free education, you know, that's at least something that can be given, because like you, like you said, like, it's been, that was taken away from us for so long, Yeah, you know, um, those reparation things is this, we've, we we've been waiting on that for so long. Like, yeah. it's do not I coming. ever see it's gonna happen? It's not coming. Like, you know, like it's a good. It's a, that's a mm-hmm. great. That's one of the best ideas I've ever heard as a reparation. Like, you know, if you're not gonna give us our forty acres and a mule, at least give us some education. Yeah, you know. Then we'll but, go get like you said. <laughs> if you give me the tools, then yeah. I can I can do what I need to do. Exactly. Just give us the tools, and I feel like. Where we're at now, a lot of us are going out there and getting the education and capable of doing it. But once we get in those positions, are we treated equally? Yeah. And it kind of goes back to that. And uh, I just think, like, after one wound heals, you know, things will get better. 
And I think it's always going to be a, like a constant fight. Yeah. Like it's always going to be a constant fight that like, okay, we need to be proven. Our rights need to be proven or that something needs to be proven that like we're not being treated the way that we should be treated. You know, I feel like that's going to be a constant like battle. Yeah. But as long as we keep in that same energy, we'll get there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you just can't, I don't know. We just can't let, let the bad things create the movements and then they just stop. Right. Like you just have to, black people have to continue to fight for what they believe they should have. And then, but I know it's, it's gotta be tiring. Like you having to do that every single day, like, no, like you're not going to want to do that. And personally, they shouldn't like black people shouldn't have to constantly fight to to have freedom, which that's the whole point of America. Right. <laughs> like we did that a long time ago, you know, fighting Britain in that war, and that was America trying to separate from them. And then we had our own wars, like black people trying to get our what was it, eighteen eighty five was the Thirteenth Amendment to get our slavery uh-huh. uh, taken away. So that's it's it's I know it's a it's a tough thing to do to constantly have to fight to be equal but yeah. i mean if you if you really want it you're gonna have to do it yeah and yeah. you know at the end of the day i think so, so something i actually thought about is racism is going to be really hard to be racist in i don't know maybe like 40 years or so mm-hmm. because there's so much interracial like my wife is white right like, there's so many interracial couples it's going to be really hard to be racist <laughs> yeah. because so many of the, like the children will be mixed anyways. Yeah. So that's, that's going to be wild. I definitely, yeah, you're right. And I think it's been kind of hard to be racist for a while. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's just behind closed doors. It's been evident that it's behind closed doors. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But in society is like, okay, it's not as much blatant racism, you know, but when it happens, it's like, oh, ha, ah, there it is. <laughs> it's still there. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's the goal, you know, that's the goal. It's like, come on now, let's end this. Yeah. Let's end this. You know, we all bleed red, you know, we're all human beings, you know, we all have the same rights. We deserve the same rights. We deserve to be treated equally. You know, so once that gets more understood, because like what it really is racism is like the fear of being overtaken. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't feel like African Americans want more than what the white America has. Yeah. We don't want to take nothing away from white America. I feel like. We just want what's right. Yeah. You know, and <clears throat> I feel like, like how you feel eventually that would become an understanding, mm-hmm. you know, but I support uh, Black Lives Matter. And the reason why I support Black Lives Matter is because uh, I actually seen them in, in action, you know, like we've been having all those protests here in Memphis. So, um, 
there's a lady named Victoria. She uh, is uh, the director for a, a art a art museum called the Complex in, in um, Orange Mound. Have you heard of it? I have not. Yeah, it's a uh, it's an all African American art museum or space, and uh, on Saturday she had got arrested by the police during her protest. She actually got attacked. Jesus. By like eight police officers. Eight? Yes. One woman. And it was on the news and everything. And that's why I'm surprised you haven't heard about it. That's crazy. Yeah, it was like the first arrest. They're like, they're two two of them are from that complex. Like they, they provide a space for any artist to come. But it's, it's mostly for African-Americans. Mm-hmm. Like they provide a discount to be able to use the space. If you're an African American, I did a show there, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, <clears throat> you know they they allowed a lot of a lot of musicians, artists, you know, creators to be able to use their space, and they brought it up in Orange Mound. And if you're familiar with Orange Mound, it was the first original African American community in America, like the biggest, and then. Um, now it's kind of just going downhill, but uh, they 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 opened that space up there, and it's been doing good for like at least the last two years. Yeah, and she's the main director there, the head, and uh, they were out there protesting on Saturday, and she had got attacked. That's crazy. And it was on footage. Thank God for cameras. Yeah, yeah. Know? And her assistant, his name is Dame. <clears throat> He uh, was trying to help her because all these cops were on her, mm-hmm. and he got arrested as well. So I found out the next day, and I was trying to figure out what can I do, what can I do. And one of my friends was like, well, that Victoria's already been released from jail. Dame, we're waiting on Dame to get out of a bail. So I went down there to 201 Papa, the police station, and... uh there was just a group of people, Black Lives Matter, the organization. They were there, and they helped bail them out. Mm. They brought food for them. They, they they provided them with everything they needed when they got out of jail. And I was like, wow. Like, yeah. okay, this is something that I can see. This is something that I, I can put my hand on. You know, I can I see that they're actually making a change, and they're there, you know. Yeah. So that's why I've been supporting I was like, wow, okay, this is this is something that I feel confident in supporting. Yeah. So like, that's why I was like, okay, I'm going to try my best to see what I can do. Cuz uh for for a minute I was just like and I and I and I feel like a lot of people were like that like what can I do to help? I don't know what I can do to help. Mhm. I don't know if you felt the same way. I have. Like what can I do to help? What, you know, and it isn't just about like the money. It's not about money, but the money helps. Yeah, you know. But uh, I seen that man. I was like really proud that there are actually people out there. They had been waiting out there all day and making sure that they were going to get out on bail and that they were safe. And that was cool. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even like doing these podcasts is one thing that I feel is like one way I can help yeah. is to allow somebody like you who's got the shirts. You know, now everybody who watches this or listens to this will know about the shirts. And then also it, it allows you to 
tell people how you feel. And there's going to be somebody listening to this. They're going to be like, dang, I feel the same way. Like, I didn't know somebody thought like that or, you know. So that's, this is one way I feel like I can help. Oh, yeah, is definitely. To, is to allow people to see inside the mind of somebody else who's, who's going through it. And I don't know, as, as a black person, it's, it's so difficult. Like I have a lot of white, like where I grew up from is nothing but like white people. (laughs) If you're a black person, you're my cousin. That's that's how, where I grew up. But, um, it's, it's just crazy having to go through that. Like now, you know, at this time period and still, yeah. And having to, I guess, having to explain to people like what to do and, and how to, how to educate themselves and stuff like that. It's, that can be kind of confusing, I guess, for some people, but I don't know. At the end of the day, I think we all, we all know that there's a way that we can, that we can help other people. There's a way that we can, um, just allow, I guess, allow people to understand what, what we're going through and then to explain to them like <laughs> yo just just be normal like yeah, that's it <laughs> like just i don't know just stop trying to treat people in in a way that you wouldn't want to be treated right and i w- really wish somebody would create this kind of um narrative or artwork but just take Take George Floyd, same cop, same situation, same video, same picture, everything, but just start swapping George Floyd out with an old white lady or uh, a young Asian child or mm-hmm. something like that. Just start swapping him out with different people and be like, all right, how does this make you feel? How yeah. does this make you feel? And if you should feel the same way, no matter who's in right. there, that's the, like, that's the issue that's is the issue, yeah. even if it was like a young white person or something like that, like. It, it shouldn't matter. Like it's it's a person, and having the thought process. Like if somebody saw, um, what was her name that you were you were talking you were talking Victoria. If if you had heard about Victoria being arrested, mm-hmm. your first thought shouldn't be, well, what did she do? <laughs> she was protesting her rights yeah. as, as a person. Like she had the right to protest. Yeah, and she got attacked by eight cops. Like yeah. it doesn't matter what she did the the means of how they went about it is just wrong. Right. And and also like you were saying earlier about um I guess just if put put us in their shoes. Like if if we if you had like so if change the cops out with two black people who look like thugs or whatever and then put George Floyd swap him out as a cop. Mm-hmm. And swap places like how how would it make somebody feel okay. seeing, you know, two people who look like thugs have their knee on a cop and then doing what they did? Like, would you would you have the same outrage right. as you know? Would you feel the same? And, I mean, some people might not think that's the same thing, but it kind of is. It is. <laughs> We're all it just is. people. We're all humans. <laughs> so it is. I don't know. Do you um, do you have anything going forward as uh, like some some plans going forward with, uh, you know, with the shirts or with black lives matter or anything like that. Um, I'm just going to continue to sell the shirts. Um, <clears throat> you can find info about the shirts on my Instagram. My Instagram is a uh, DY three art. Uh, and the link is in my bio. It's going to be up for at least another week. 
So, like, you know, if you're interested in purchasing a shirt, uh, $20 of of each shirt purchased, the shirts are $30. $20 of each shirt uh, is going to uh, the Black Lives Matter organization. And, uh, you know, I just feel like if if there's anything that I could do, then that was the best thing that I could possibly do was like, oh, like, let me donate. You know, um, also, I'm also going to be creating some art that's that I will be donating some of the proceeds to as well. Uh, that's that's all I know. I what to do is like you know create create stuff. Yeah, you know. So that's, that's how what you I'm express yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I plan on doing. Uh, moving down the line, like uh, if, I normally just post everything. So like. If you follow me, then you'll see what I what I have going on. Yeah. Awesome. Um, is there anything that you feel like people should should know? Um, I guess moving forward as this whole movement goes on, something they should know or something they should do. Uh, obviously, buy the shirts or um, I don't know. Just can you think of anything that you feel like you think people should do or know? I think we really discussed it earlier. It's like just being a good person, yeah. you know, uh, having a lot of empathy and just realizing like what it is to walk in their shoes or to be what they got going on, you know. Uh, and the end, I think that's what's going to make our world better. Is just <clears throat> understanding that like I'm not better than you and you're not better than me, and that we're equal. And I think that's going to push, man, our our America or our lives or what we got going on way much better than where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, Hey, it's been, it's been great having you on, man. I, I'm yes. very thankful that <laughs> somebody who knew a way to express, you know, how they feel and, you know, what's going on, having you on like that. I think it's going to help other people, people, especially people who listen to this and uh, watch this. I think, um, it, it, I think it's just needed for people to have more conversation like this. You know, if, People get on the news and they and they say stuff. Those news clips are probably like two minutes, and they're trying to just spill out <laughs> what they got in that short amount of time. But like this podcast allows you to just think and just say what you you know say something that you really feel. And um, I think that's the issue. I think yeah. a lot of people aren't really thinking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're just kind of <laughs> acting and not really uh, not really thinking it out. But it's been great having you on. Thank um, you so much. So you talked about the shirts. You talked about your Instagram. Is there anything else that you need to plug? Uh, just love each other. I think that's the biggest thing. Like, uh, I think loving yourself and loving other people as much as you love yourself, and that will make our world so much better, for real. Yeah. Is there oh is there somebody else that you think would be great to have on the podcast? Someone else great to be on the podcast. It could be other artists. It could be any, anything. Just absolutely anything. Um, I have a friend, Tunky Berry. He's a he's a muralist as well. Okay. Uh, he's done a lot of murals around the city. <clears throat> he's really plugged into the city artistically. I feel like you know. He'd be a great person to have on here. Cool. Have you heard of him, Tunky? I have not. He's done a lot of murals in the city. Cool. Yeah. Okay. 
I'll have to check them out. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Tune in and uh, see you next time. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Romero Records podcast on your favorite streaming platform. If you enjoyed listening, you should probably try watching on YouTube. It's way more entertaining seeing my guests and I talk. Trust me. Smack that subscribe button, leave a comment, and uh, give it a like. Those simple gestures really help me out. So uh, stay tuned in for the next episode, and let's keep it rolling.